Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He's a good God. He's a great God. Hallelujah. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. There's nothing that he lacks. Hallelujah. There's nothing he can't do for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And his, he, he sings over you. He sings over you. He takes pleasure when he sees us worshiping him and declaring his goodness and declaring his greatness. Because why? He says, the word says he inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. And we've, we've created an atmosphere tonight for the word to come forth. And I believe as the word comes forth tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to minister directly to into each one of our hearts. And it's going to set you on a course that has to do with you fulfilling your destiny. Hallelujah. It has to do with us experiencing progress, experiencing advancement, experiencing promotion and seeing our highest expectation fulfilled. Hallelujah. And, I, and I'm so grateful to see you here and those watching by a way of internet to invest in first things first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You won't be disappointed. Hallelujah. He's taking us higher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Won't you turn to someone, give them a high five and tell them good to see them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, worship team. Just be ready. Just be ready. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. Thank you, Father. Nobody like him. Thank you, Father. Nobody like him. He's a great God. He's a great God and greatly to be praised. Woo. Amen. Wasn't that an awesome word we received last night? Hallelujah. Well, actually, all day yesterday from Dr. Savell. What a great word. Hallelujah. First things first, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things will be added unto us. Hallelujah. God is the priority in my life. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's looking. He's looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I say, look no further. If God's looking for something, I, I don't want him to pass me by. I, I, I say, look, look no further, Lord, I'm right here. The Bible says he looks throughout the whole earth looking for someone's heart that is perfect towards him, that's turned towards him. He, he's out for your heart. He, he's not out for just your show that we might put on and, and, and or a, our, our religious actions, but he's out for everything that we have and all that we are. And that's what first things first is all about. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to go ahead and let's get into the word and. And uh, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to minister to us and, and, uh, and, and things are going to take place throughout the message. But I believe just as we, before we close tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit, he is going to confirm the word. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I didn't know what Dr. Savell was ministering on and he didn't know what I was ministering on, but, but it's, it's, it's going to connect together. It's going to connect and uh, I'm going to share some things as I get started. And if you have uh, been here on uh, any of the Sundays uh, or the Wednesday I ministered uh, in, uh, in, in January, I've, I've uh, shared some, some of this at the very beginning because it, it, um, 
it gives us a foundation. It gives us a foundation on uh, where we're headed tonight. And um, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Turn to Psalms 145. It's going to lay a foundation here. Psalms 145. And this is uh, something the Lord was ministering to me about. Um, and I was preparing on things I was to minister the beginning part of, of 2024. And Dr. Savell went to the scripture on the 31st. And um, it just went off on the inside of me further. And just as I continue to study along these lines. And, and um, I'm excited. How about you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Psalms 145, verse 18, says, He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He's going to complete a desire. He's going to bring to completion the expectation of those who fear Him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Save who? Those that fear him. He will fulfill the desires. Actually, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. Verse 19, He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and saves them. And the Lord preserves all. All who love him. Love him. To love something is to have respect towards something. To love him is to have honor towards something. And that's what the fear of the Lord is all about. It's saying, God, I I give you permission in, in my life. God, I put you as priority in my life. Let's go to Psalms 33. Psalms 33. Verse 8. It says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Wow. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Let's go to verse 16. It says, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is is a vain hope for safety. You could say it this way. A horse is a false hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope, you could say expect in his mercy. Wow. So no king is saved by the multitude of an army. It's not, you're not going to be delivered by the strength of you. But what, what, what do we see here? His eyes are over those who fear him. Let's go to Psalms 147. Psalms 147. Thank you, Father. Psalms 147. Let's look at verse 10. It says, he does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. But what does he do? The Lord takes pleasure. 
He takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. The Lord takes pleasure. Now, this is, we've talked about this. He takes pleasure in those that fear him. This isn't being afraid of God. It's not being scared of God. But it's about being totally, completely dependent upon God. He doesn't take pleasure in what we can do in and of ourselves. He doesn't take pleasure in, in all the things that we can do in the natural things that we can do with our hands, the things that, that we could work so hard with. And I'm not, against, I'm not against hard work. The point is, it's about trusting in him. And it's about the fear of the Lord that, that he takes pleasure in those that fear the Lord. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Fearing the Lord is about reverence. It's about honor. It's about honor and it's about something being weighty. It's about primary importance. Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse five. Remember, I'm just laying a foundation here. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow. He had this testimony. This, if you want to hear about the history of Enoch, what was it? He pleased God. But what did we see on what pleases God? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord pleases God. Honoring God causes him to be pleased. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Then it says, verse six, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Faith is what causes God to be pleased. But we also saw where the fear of the Lord causes him to be pleased. And there's a connection in the fear of God and faith in God. You'll never see, and, and if you look throughout the book of he, Hebrews chapter 11, you're not gonna see a person of faith that wasn't a person that had great honor and reverence towards God. With Abraham, when he, he, he took up Isaac to raise the sword and to, to lay, lay him down and sacrifice his son, God said, no, no, don't do that. He goes, now I know that you fear me. And the next verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven, it talks about Noah and it said that he was warned and it said that he was moved with godly fear. You're not gonna see a great person of faith that wasn't a person that had great reverence and had great honor towards God. And you're not gonna see someone that had great faith because they had great fear that wasn't a pursuer of God. If you, if we honor God, he's our focus. His word is our focus. His house is our focus. Conversation with him is our focus. 
He's our focus. It's, he's, he's everything. So, so we, we can talk about being heritage of faith. And that's who we are. We are a word of faith church. We believe God is a faith God. And we believe that, that he founded everything on faith. The worlds were framed by faith. But if you look throughout any dealings with man and anything man did great in the eyes of God and did by faith, they were people that had great honor towards God. And they had a great pursuit of God. It doesn't matter who you might look at, whether you're talking about Rahab, whether you're talking about David, whether you're talking about Abraham, whether you're talking about prophets, whatever the case, even though they might've made mistakes, the mistakes they made were the time when they walked away and didn't honor God. But if you're going to, if we're going to be great men and women of faith in our generation, we're going to also have to be people that have great honor for the word. Great honor for our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. Great honor for his house. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 6, 33. Thank you, Father. What a... Fine job. What did a masterful job Dr. Savell did breaking down this and giving us the truths of this scripture? Now, yes, last night he, he referred to what would Jesus do? And so, what I'm actually talking about and what was in my heart to talk about, what did Jesus do? Now, you see, when Jesus was teaching something, he wasn't just giving us some insights to things that sounded good. Jesus was modeling what he taught. There's not one thing that he spoke to us and gave us as revelation from heaven. I only say the things I hear my father say. I only do the things I hear my father do. So when Jesus is expounding on Matthew chapter 6, and throughout it, he talks about when you pray. He talks about when you give. He talks about when you fast. And he, he says, when you do it, when you do those things and you go into your innermost closet, he says, your father who sees in secret what will reward you in the open. When he gets down and he talks about don't serve two masters, you said you can't serve two masters, you'll either love one and hate the other. He goes, or you'll be loyal to one and you'll despise the other. What is he dealing with? He's dealing with fear, the fear of the Lord. He's dealing with honor. He's dealing with who is a priority? What are you served, ser- searching after? What are you pursuing? And he's saying you can't serve two gods. You can't serve God and you can't serve riches, natural riches. And then he goes in and he talks about, he goes, therefore, he goes, he goes, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on. And he, and he goes down and he goes, for after all these things, what the Gentiles seek, I mean, the Gentiles are pursuing these things. He goes, but what? Seek first, seek first, say, seek first, the kingdom of God. So he said, seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what did Dr. Savell talk about? His way of doing and being right. He, he talked about the way is a method, a manner, a strategy, a plan of action. And I like this one, habitual behavior. I love that. A habitual <laughs> behavior. Now, this, this is not to be a heavy message tonight. This, this is something that, that you're going to find, we're going to find freedom in. You seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing, his, his behavior, his habitual behavior. And what all these things, all these things, all the things the Gentiles are seeking after, all the things that the rest of the world is seeking after, the, the, the comfort, the peace, the, the, the joy, the strength, the, the um, acceptance, the, the, the connection, the family. He's in all the things that G- Gentiles are seeking after. He goes, when you seek first my way, when you seek first the kingdom and the way I do things, all the things that you have need of will be added unto you. There's not one of us in here tonight or watching by way of internet that anything you're dealing with, any emotions you have, any temptations you experience, any, any setbacks you might have gone through, I'm telling you, everything, everything can be fulfilled in your life if you choose to be a pursuer of heaven, being a pursuer of God. So when Jesus was saying, seek first the kingdom of God, It wasn't something that would look good that we could use on a calendar. Jesus was saying, this is how I live my life. When he said, when I pray and I go to my innermost closet, this is how I live my life. When he said, give, Jesus said, this is how I live my life. When he said, when you fast, Jesus said, this is how I live my life. Not one of us can say in here that Jesus was not a great man of faith. Jesus was a great man of faith because he was a great pursuer of his father. Peter tells us this, I think it's 2 Peter. He goes, let grace and peace be multiplied to you. How many people, you want want grace and peace? All of us, right? But what does it say? Grace and peace be multiplied to you According to what? Your knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so if my knowledge of God is, is here, then that's all the grace and peace I can walk in. But if my grace and peace is here, then that's all the grace and peace I can, my knowledge of God is here, then that's all the grace and peace I can operate in. But I'm telling you, when my grace, my knowledge of God is up here, and I'm growing in knowledge and I'm growing in my relationship and I'm pursuing in him, then I can operate in greater levels of grace and greater levels of peace. You see, Jesus, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God, he was saying, get to know the father, get to know the kingdom, get to know how it operates. If we were to look to Hebrews chapter, uh, I mean, Matthew chapter three, and you think of John the Baptist and he came on the scene and he was preaching and what did he preach? He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What, what does that mean? He, he's not talking about confessing of your sins per se. He's talking about repent, meaning do 180 degrees and go back the other direction. What's he saying? Hey, you need to turn around, Vic. You need to turn around, Joseph. Justin, you need to turn around because there's a new kingdom coming. There's a new way of living. There's a new way of thinking. There's a new way of being coming. So you've got, you've got to understand there's something new, brand new that's here. And then in Matthew chapter four, you see Jesus coming on the scene and it said he went about doing what? Preaching, teaching, and healing. He was preaching the kingdom of God. And we get to Matthew chapter five and he goes in and said, blessed, empowered are those that do this. Blessed are those that do this. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And I love in, the, in those beatitudes that we like to call them, uh, what I've learned from Dr. Savell is, is that Jesus's message here was dare to be different. Was dare to be different. There's a new kingdom, so dare to be different. No, by you even being here on a Monday night, you are daring to be different. By you watching by way of internet tonight, you are daring to be different. By you taking the last 21 days, whether being here or at home, praying each day, reading the, the, the chapter of the day, whatever it is, you are what? Daring to be different. So Jesus was a man of faith. Jesus was a man of faith because he was a man who feared the Lord. God takes pleasure in faith. But that faith, I believe, is birthed out of our great respect and great honor for God. Thank you, Father. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 11. Let's look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? Now, we know we can talk about the things he did on earth. We can talk about the miracles that happened. But, but what, is the, what was at the core? What was at the core of all that he did? What, and, and you've heard me say this, that Jesus didn't do the things he did just because he was Jesus. Let's look at this in, in Isaiah 11. Verse one says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now look at verse three in the New King James, it says this, and he, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. <laughs> his delight. Now, the spirit of the Lord rested upon, rested upon him. And it tells us what the, who the spirit is that's on him and what the spirit would bring and, and, and would, would empower his life. But then it says his delight was in the fear of the Lord. King James has a weird statement. It says, and he was of a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. That's kind of a weird statement because the actual phrase, quick understanding, means breath. Meaning Jesus would get his breath. Jesus would get everything he is as he delighted in the fear of the Lord. 
He delighted in the fear of the Lord. When you delight in something, you take pleasure in it. When you delight in it, it's your preference. When you delight in something, another word for that quick understanding also is, is where we would get the word smell. And, and it's this aspect, it's like, something smells good. Chocolate chip cookies. My wife, popcorn. Smells good. It's like, I delight, I, I, del- I want that. It's like going to, going to Brahms or going to Andy's Custard. And, and there's this, and it's like, you're going to choose what you delight in. You're not going to choose what you don't delight in. You're going to choose what you want. You're going to choose what, what blesses you. This is Jesus. Jesus was a great man of faith, but where'd the faith come from? What was the core of, of his person and who he was? was the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. Everything we see Jesus doing and teaching came from this place of reverencing, honoring God. Even if we go to, to his childhood in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, what does it tell us? It says that he increased. He increased in wisdom and stature. And favor with God and man. He increased it. He increased. Jesus wasn't born with all of a sudden just this aspect of wisdom. And this aspect of favor upon his life. And just walk through, just walk through life and say, well, I got the favor of God on me. You know, you know who I am, Hannah? I am, I am the Messiah. And because I'm the Messiah, I'm anointed. Terry, because I, I, I've got the favor flow. <laughs> but wait a minute. No, it said he had to increase in it. He had to grow in it. He, he had to grow in this. Why did he grow in it? Because his delight was the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. He had to grow in this. This is something that that he had to grow in. Everything that we see Jesus doing in his life, everywhere we see him going in his life, had to do with him delighting in the fear of God. Matthew chapter, let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. What did Jesus do? What does he want us to do? Hallelujah. Let's look at verse uh, 25. 
He says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and you've revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in your sight, all these things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. He says, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and what? Learn, learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what is he saying here? If you're overburdened and you have all sorts of things going on in your life and you're overwhelmed right now, Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. I believe what Jesus is saying, because remember, Jesus just didn't say things just to say things. But he's speaking from experience. Because he, know, he, he knows that when he would be overburdened, when he might have been overwhelmed in the natural, where did he go? He delighted in the fear of the Lord. But he says, learn of me. Follow my example. Follow the way I lived. Follow the way I did things. Jesus was a man of the word. A man of the word. How much more should we be men and women of the word? They, come to Je- they came to Jesus, the, the doctors of the law, the Pharisees or Sadducees, whatever you want to call them. And they asked them a question. He said, said um, what's the greatest command? And he, just, he just didn't pull something out of the air. And you know what? This might, man, let me give them something that sounds good. That they can, they can use in 2024. What is something good? Come on, Father, give me, some, give me something good. Give me something good. Give me something good. No, he went to the word. What did he tell me? What is the first and greatest commandment? What did he say? To love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Because remember, Jesus didn't teach something just to teach it. He taught it because he lived it. Jesus lived with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, everything that I am. It was something he pulled out of the word. And here's a couple examples in Deuteronomy 6. And I'll just read these off. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 6 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words I'm commanding you today are to be upon your hearts. Deuteronomy 10 says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes. Now, listen, which I command you today for your good. This is for your good. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 says, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. And you will love him with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. 
So Jesus wasn't just giving them something, well, what's a good thing I could tell them? No, he was talking about the word. He was talking about how, what he learned from the word. And when they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? He was saying, yeah, it's this, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This was the core of Jesus. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. And because he delighted in the fear of the Lord, he delighted in the word. You won't be one that fears the Lord, but does not and is not in his word. Hallelujah. Jesus had great faith because he had great fear of the Lord and it caused him to be a pursuer of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Jesus had an assignment. And I'm grateful that Jesus fulfilled that assignment. But him fulfilling that assignment wasn't automatic. It was out of this delighting in the fear of the Lord and pursuing the word and pursuing the Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go to Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Hebrews chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Mm. I want you to nudge the person on your left or your right and tell them you have a great assignment on your life. Jesus had a great assignment. And I think sometimes we have, if we're not, if we don't understand the heart of God or the heart of Jesus, we can take for granted what Jesus did in the process of going to the cross. I mean, we... Do you ever see passion of the Christ? You know, my mind was, you know, with the passion of the Christ, I'm thinking, oh yeah, he took stripes on his back for me, praise the Lord. But when I saw passion for the Christ, Jesus had to, throughout his life, had to progress. Throughout his life, he had to advance. And if he was going to fulfill his assignment, he he couldn't have stayed in Jerusalem. He couldn't have just stayed in Capernaum where he grew up. He, He couldn't stay in those places. Why? He had an assignment on his life. And even the moment when Peter tried to tell him, hey, hey, you don't need to do all that, Jesus. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan. Because Jesus is, he's like, I got an assignment. I've got an assignment on my life. 
Do you understand how valuable the assignment is on our lives? The assignment on our lives as a church, the assignment that's on your life, the the assignment that, that God has placed on the inside of you. There's even an assignment on our life on why we're to be blessed and why we're to prosper. That's why we can't just settle where we are and we can't settle for just, well, you know, I just, as long as I have enough for me, no, that's so selfish. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go to church and, you know, I'll, I'll go Sunday, um, but I won't give Wednesdays. I'll go, I, you know, I'll go once a week. I'll go, you know, I'll go here and there or, you know, I'll stay home, watch online. And, and that's no offense to people that, that need to do those things. But if, if we settle for that, we're missing so much. You were born for something greater than what you even, what we even can fully understand. Let's look at verse nine. We're still talking about what did Jesus do? Let's look at verse five. It says, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest. He did not glorify himself. He didn't glorify himself. He didn't put himself in that place. But it was he who said to him, you are my son today, I've begotten you. Verse six, as he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, now listen to this, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, what did he do? He offered up prayers and supplications. That sounds like seeking God to me. How about you? With this is vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. Now listen, and he was heard because of what? Of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now religion has made that suffering a suffering gospel. Jesus didn't suffer with sickness and disease. This is not the suffering. He learned obedience to the things he suffered. What what does that mean? The suffering of Jesus was fulfilling his assignment. The suffering of Jesus was going all the way. The suffering of Jesus was going all in when in the natural he didn't want to go all in. And said that he prayed, he sought the God with tears, and he said he was heard because of what? His godly fear. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're receiving something. Mm, Say, I'm progressing. I'm advancing. I'm experiencing promotion. And I will see my highest expectation fulfilled. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 2. Start with verse 18. He goes, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Hmm. Not only to the good and Gentile, but also to the harsh. Whoa. Hmm. 
I don't think some of you might like some of that. So let's go on in verse 21. <laughs> verse 21 says, for to this you were called. Mm. Now I need to go up to verse 20. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called. I don't like that. I don't, for to this you were called. You're like, Peter, are you talking to somebody else? Are you talking about Jesus right now? Because you use the word us. For to this you were called be Christ, because Christ also suffered for us. Now listen, leaving us an example, leaving us an example that you should follow what? Wow. Follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Now get this, but he committed himself. Follow the steps of him? What was one of the steps? He committed himself to him. Committed himself to him who judges righteously. Wow. Jesus committed himself. Wow. Sounds like the fear of the Lord to me. He committed. He was all in. He was all in. Looking at Jesus' life, and I want to transition into something here. Looking at Jesus' life, about this life of faith and this life of the fear of the Lord and this life of committing himself. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You see, seeking first is the key to experiencing fulfillment in every area of your life. Financially, your calling, your purpose, in every area of your life. And as I was preparing today, there's this statement that came up on the inside of me, and I want to sow this statement. And I believe it's for, for, for some here. Now listen to me. Pay attention. You have a call on your life. Don't wait for someday when. Let me say that again. You have a call on your life. Don't wait for someday when. What do I mean by that? Sitting in church, and I did this as a young person, sitting in church and saying, well, someday when I'm older. Well, someday when I have a ministry position. Someday, you know, when I get everything in order and I, everything looks good. Someday. What I hear the Holy Spirit saying to us for 2024, someday is here. Someday is here. And so another word I want to use in Jesus in this seeking first things first and seeking first the kingdom and Jesus's life of delighting in the fear of the Lord is what caused Jesus to fulfill his assignment was this word Consecration. Say consecration. consecration. 
Seeking first is an action that says, I'm consecrating myself to God. Seeking first things first is saying, God, I'm consecrating and setting apart my life for the purpose that you have for me. I'm setting apart this time, this hour of the day, this moment of the day, whether it's in the morning, it's at night, whatever it is, I'm setting this apart because I'm consecrating myself because someday is now. The word consecration means to set apart and be dedicated to a specific purpose. Man, are you glad that Jesus (laughs) was dedicated to a specific purpose? The word dedicated means to be devoted wholly and earnestly, given your entire life to. Consecration is the act of keeping ourselves within the will that God has for us. When you say, God, I'm setting myself apart. I'm keeping myself within the purpose that you have for me. When Jesus made statements like this, I only do the things I see my father do. That is a phrase of consecration. Meaning I am, my life is hinging on what I see. My life is hinged on what I hear. My life is hinged on what I'm going to receive. I, yeah, I haven't received any. Lord, you haven't given me what to do next. But I'm here. And listen to this. The Bible tells us in, uh, I think it's John 5. It tells us this. It says that Jesus, Jesus said this. He goes, as I hear, I judge. And he said, my judgment is correct. You know, that let me in on something that everything that Jesus heard wasn't from the father. Everything he heard wasn't from the father. <laughs> I mean, we know that Jesus was tempted and tested in all points yet without sin. So we know that he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So, so we know that, that everything that came in to him or, or came into his ears or suggestions wasn't from God. And he says, as I hear, I judge. And he said, what my judgment is, is just. But in order for that to happen, we have to be, he had to be consecrated. God, I want to hear you. God, I want to be led by you. I want to be directed by you. Thank you, Father. Jesus was saying, I have limited my life to do nothing I want, but everything the Father wants. Hallelujah. Oftentimes we can find ourselves at crossroads in our lives where people face decisions every day that may affect the course of our lives. There are, they're at crossroads where you might decide if they're going to be fully devoted or not be fully devoted. Thank you, Father. If we've never fully surrendered to the Lord, if you've never fully surrendered to the Lord, we can be in danger of being persuaded by the enemy to pursue our own Desires and not God's desires. And we can be pulled away from the place. When you stand at a crossroad, you can either choose to follow the path you want or the fo- follow the path that he desires for you. Consecration is an act of keeping ourselves in the perfect will of God for our lives. Let me close with this. Let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Seek first the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 26. 
Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You know, Jesus lived this life delighting in the fear of the Lord. You know, he was in the wilderness. The temptations came. And he said, I don't live by bread alone, but what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He used the word. Talked about, hey, worship no one but God. We know that Satan went away, it said, for a period of time, for a more opportune time. And I believe that opportune time was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Verse 36, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. While I go and pray over there. He was praying. Sounds like seek first to me. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul was exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. Wow. He fell on his face and prayed. He fell on his face and prayed. Wow. Thank you, Father. Oh, my Father, it is... Is it possible? Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what could he not watch with me for an hour? Watch and pray lest you enter temptation. Then the spirit indeed is willing and the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and what prayed saying, oh, father, if this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. So he left them. He went away again and he prayed the third time saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is being portrayed into the hands of sinners. What a prayer of consecration. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Seek first the kingdom of God. What, did, what, was G, what was going through Jesus' thoughts in the Garden of Gethsemane? He prayed. He sought the Lord. He's communing with the Father like he had done with, without his life. And, and he didn't want to drink this. And this is where we see in Hebrews 5, he sought it with tears. And he said, God heard him because of his godly fear. He, he, in first Peter, it says, follow the steps of him. And, and it said, why? Cause he committed himself who judges righteously. And it went on and talked about that. He was a, he, that he would die for the sins of the people. What did God show him? What did God speak to him in that moment? God, I, I don't want to go all the way with this. I don't want to go all the way with this, but, but Lord, I know I have to, because, because there's something so much more important than what I want in this. I believe God showed him. I believe God spoke to him, Hebrews chapter 12. Lay aside, we have a great cloud of witnesses. Lay aside every weight and sin that would so easily beset us. And we'll say, looking unto Jesus. He tells us to look unto Jesus. What did Jesus do? He looked unto Jesus. We, we are to look unto Jesus. What did he do? Who was the author and the finisher 
of our faith. Who for the joy, whoo, who for the joy, for the joy was that was set before him, he endured the cross. And even what despising the shame, despising the shame, what did Jesus do? He looked, he looked at the future. He doesn't take pleasure in the strength of a man. He doesn't take strength, he doesn't take pleasure in the legs of a man, but he takes pleasure in those that fear the Lord. And what? Hope in his mercy. What caused Jesus to go all the way? He feared the Lord and he saw the outcome. If you could see the outcome, if each one of us could see the outcome to every crossroad of obedience. For the joy that was set before him. First things first is about living a life of God, I'm yours. I want to do your way. And he says, when we do that, all of these things will be added. You have time for one more scripture? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Psalms 34. Thank you. Worship team, you can come back up. Psalms 34. Praise you, Father. Verse four says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. What is holding you back from going all in in 2024? What's holding you back from, what fear is holding you back? Because it says, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. Let's look at verse eight. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Now look at verse nine. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Now get this. There's no want. Woo. There's no want. There's no want to those that fear him. Seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing and being right. And all these things will be added unto you. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want to those. There's no want. There's no want, no want. There's no lack. There's no lack to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Woo! Not lack any good thing. Not lack any good thing. Not lack any good thing. Hallelujah. Not lack a thing. When I seek the Lord, I'm not going to lack a thing. 
I'm not going to lack a thing. I, I have everything I have need of when I seek the Lord. Hallelujah. You'd be like, well, pastor, you, you don't know. I'm still waiting for some things. Hey, hey, he's working on something. He's working on something. That's why we come to the place where, where we walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because, because I have put my faith in him and I'm seeking him. And he said, I will not lack. I will not lack. Those that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord, they will not want. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I I remember Dr. Savell's story coming up February 11th. He talks about three in the morning. And he... And he makes a statement and he, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he asked the Lord, he goes, God, I've been running. I've been running for too long. He said, but if you still want me, here I am. If you can still use me, here I am. And there was, what was that? That was, that was faith. That was, that was the fear of the Lord. God, if you still want me, here I am. And he was gloriously baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was a decision. It was a decision of consecration. I remember when I went on my first, uh, my first mission trip in, in Guatemala in 1994. And my mom, right before I left, she handed me a book. And it was by Kenneth Hagin. And it was called Following God's Plan for Your Life. And in that book, and I've I've read that book almost every year since then. And I remember being on one of our last trips that we were there. And some of you heard me tell the story. And I'm holding this this young young boy in my hand, arms. And and when I got there, there was depression. There was sadness, a heaviness, even as a young, young child. And I remember when we left and had the opportunity to hold him and, 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 and spend time with, with the kids there. And I remember looking at that young boy's face and, and I remember all of a sudden he had a smile. And I remember looking out the window and I was like, God, I was like, something went off on the inside of me. I was like, God, I want to do that for the rest of my life. And I, and I remember as I was reading that book on that trip, I, get, I got to a chapter in that book and the, ch- the chapter was called Consecration. And Kenneth Hagin, he makes a statement and he says, I'm sure I make this statement right. He said, he goes, God, I, I'm not seeing the miracles that I saw in the early days of my ministry. I'm not seeing the miracles. I'm not seeing the manifestations of what I've seen, you know, what I saw in the early days. And he got quiet and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he said, you saw greater miracles then because there was a greater level of consecration. And I read that on that chapter and I was like, God, I made a decision. I don't know what it looked like. I didn't know how I'd get there. I didn't know because I didn't want to speak in front of people. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't, didn't even see myself doing anything like this. I just thought I'd be, be, you know, serve a missionary somewhere. 
But I remember making a decision on that trip, 1994. Wow. (laughs) 30 years ago. Just realized that 30 years ago. And God, I'm like, use my life. Use me. Do something through my life. Use this awkward 20-year-old, 21-year-old that was shy, couldn't do anything, (laughs) didn't have an education, couldn't read really that well. Use me. Use me. Use me. 2024. Oh, he wants to use you. We're not waiting for someday. Someday's here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. If you're under the age of 30, just following what the Lord told me to do, I want you to come up here and I want you to line across the front. Hallelujah. If you're under the age of 30, Hallelujah. Dr. Savell, what I saw in my heart was for you to pray over them. You didn't have the microphone? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. All you young people, just lift Mm. your hands before the Lord. What an honor it is to be called by God, to be chosen by God. Several of you, many of you that are in this land right now, you may not be aware of it at this moment, but someday some of you will stand before big crowds and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard that call before I reached 11 years old. Thanksgiving Day, 1957. I didn't answer that call until February the 11th, 1969. I was going my own way. I wasn't pursuing God's way. But I reached a point to where I realized I was going to be miserable for the rest of my life if I didn't surrender my life to the Lord. And even after I did, and I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I even said to him, could I go back doing what I was doing and now love you? Because I wasn't serving you as a businessman. Can I keep going back? Can I go back and keep doing what I was doing? And now serve you and love you 
He said, no, you can't, son. You know, I called you, and it's time for you to answer that call. So there are several of you in this line right now that know you're called. You know it. God knows it. Now we all know it in this auditorium. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? You know, you don't have, you don't have uh, another 50, 60, 70 years to make that decision. I remember one night I was preaching at Oral Roberts University. Brother Roberts called me up to lay hands on people. I laid hands on people and after I finished, I walked behind the curtain and as I went through that curtain, the opening in that curtain, I heard the Lord say, you're not done yet. Go back and say these words. There's somebody in here tonight. You're over 60 years old and you think it's too late. You heard the call of God when you were young and you think it's too late and it's not too late and it's time for you to surrender. Wow. I said, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you want to come up, I will lay my hands on you. Mm. The man came up. I laid my hands on him and prayed and he wept. And his wife came up and stood behind him and they both wept. Mm. And it was about 10 years later, I was invited to come to this church to preach. I'd never been to before. And when the man got ready to introduce me, he said, Brother Jerry doesn't know this, but I'm the man he called out 10 years ago at Oral Roberts University. And that night, I totally surrendered. And I've been pastoring this church now for 10 years. Hallelujah. So it's never too late. Thank you, Jesus. God's callings are without repentance. That means you could die and go to heaven. But God would look at you regarding what did you do with that calling? He'll never forget it. So young people, if you have the call of God on your life, yield to it. Answer it. Mm -hmm. Amen. You may not be completely ready to jump into it, but let the Lord know, mm -hmm. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Thank you, Father. So, Father, I'll Thank stretch you, my Jesus. hand out over all these young people. You do the same in the audience. Stretch your hands out toward them. Thank you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name. Praise you, Father. We pray over them and we believe that the Holy Spirit is working within them right now. Your word says that no man can come to the Father except he be drawn by the Holy Spirit. Well, the drawing power of the Holy Spirit is taking place in the lives of many of these young people right now. And I believe they're making decisions to seek first God's plan for their life. Thank you, Father. That'll be the best plan. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for from this moment forward, thank you, nurturing that decision. Yeah. Causing them to have the ability to stick with it and stick to it. Mm. That it won't be something just as an experience they had tonight. But it'll stay with them. They'll wake up thinking about it. They'll go to bed thinking about it. And during the course of the day, you'll continue to draw them and give them insight and revelation 
as to what their future looks like. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. And we declare that your will shall be done. Yes, Father. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for just a hunger. A hunger, Lord, in each one of us. Thank you for a hunger in each one of us. And an urgency, an urgency not to wait any longer. But understand that someday is now. And that they are called to minister to their generation now. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You receive this word tonight. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Jesus. I don't know what Dr. Savell will minister tomorrow night, but I'm sure we'll continue to build. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I feel like there's something else. I've received the word of the Lord this afternoon. Okay. That I'm to share tomorrow night. Okay. Okay. He said he'd received, he heard a special word from the Lord this afternoon and encouraged everyone to be here. Hallelujah. And I, I know what I'm supposed to minister on Wednesday. I received that this afternoon, but I won't share that with you yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. We're not going to receive an offering tonight, but we will receive one tomorrow night that it will go towards Captain Rex, who's ministering to our young people next door. Amen. Be a blessing. Those who sowed something spiritual, how much would it be better to sow something into them spiritual? I mean, natural, right? Amen. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just, there's one more thing I just can't get away from. If you've had this, just this feeling that you want to quit, and I don't know what quit means. Just stand to your feet right now. I just, I just can't get away from this. It's not to embarrass you, but I'm, I just can't get away from it. Just stand to your feet. You just want to quit, throw in the towel. You're just tired of life. You're tired of just, you're like this, you know, where's God at? I don't, where's God at? If that's you in any way. Hallelujah. Can I, Wesley, can you lay hands on him? Hallelujah. Actually, bring, bring Cameron up here. Hallelujah. I, Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's, we appreciate his boldness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe there's, there's somebody else. I believe there's some, somebody else. Eric. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I believe the anointing is on you to minister to him, to pray for him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. Mm. If you're here, come up. Hallelujah. 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 The enemy 
The enemy wants to, wants to isolate you. The enemy doesn't want, doesn't want you to, 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 to pursue him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Pastor Annette, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Praise you, Father, mm. that you infuse inner strength into her, that we pray for her, and then we pray that she be strengthened with all might in her inner man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In every way, she is made strong. She's made strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy is under her feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The lies that have been sown, sown into her thinking. No, she is worthy. She is worthy. She is worthy. Hallelujah. In the things that the enemy has done through other people that have brought hurt and have brought discontentment and, and disappointment, Lord. No, we, we declare today's a new day. Today's a new day and hope arises. Hope arises. Hope arises on the inside of her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Greater is he that's in her than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Oh, mm. oh thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm, yes. Yes. Mm. He loves you with an everlasting love. You're his daughter. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, and I just say, I just pray over each person here as we dismiss, Lord, that your presence and your power and your glory would rest upon them. I thank you that they have and gain a revelation, tonight, gained a revelation tonight that their someday is now and you are calling them into deeper waters. And as they, as they heed that call, they will see progression, advancement, and promotion in their highest expectation fulfilled. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. We believe in each one of you. Can't wait till tomorrow night. Bring somebody with you. Go give them Jesus. <laughs>